My name is Rob Almeida, Portfolio Manager and Global Investment Strategist here at MFS and your host of the Strategist Corner Podcast. I'm always excited to do these, but I'm particularly excited about this episode because I'm joined by one of my favorite people at the organization, Emerging Markets Debt Portfolio Manager and good friend of mine, Ward Brown. I really hope you enjoyed this episode where Ward talks about local emerging market debt bonds, hard currency emerging market debt bonds, and just his general view on risk assets in the world today. Thanks for listening. The views expressed are those of the speaker and are subject to change at any time. These views are for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a recommendation to purchase any security or as an offer of securities or investment advice. No forecast can be guaranteed. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Ward, thanks for joining. Hey, Rob. Thanks. Good to be here. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. All right. Interesting world we're living in right now. Yeah, yes, it certainly is. You recently put out a white paper, a really good piece I encourage everyone to read, on the opportunity set that's happening in local emerging market debt. But before we get into that, maybe just level set for me. What are the structural differences between dollar-denominated debt and local emerging market debt? How, how do you differentiate those two worlds? Well, the biggest differentiator is that the local debt is in local currency. So if you're lending in local currency to the Brazilian government, you're lending in Brazilian reais yep. as opposed to lending in U.S. dollars. So that that means a couple of things drive that local debt that are different than the U.S. dollar debt. Okay. And the biggest thing is inflation. So the local currency debt behaves a little bit like U.S. Treasuries do. Mm-hmm. When the Fed hikes rates, Treasury rates go up, Treasury bonds fall. Sure. That's true of the local currency debt in all emerging markets. So in Brazil, they've been hiking interest rates this last year. Right. And those interest rates have gone higher and higher. The, the prices of the bonds have fallen. That's the main thing. That inflation and local business cycle yep. doesn't affect the dollar debt. Because the dollar debt's in dollars. It doesn't really matter what local inflation is. Yeah. The, what affects the dollar debt is mainly the risk of the sovereign defaulting. And that, of course, can affect the local debt as well. So local is like dollar debt plus a business cycle inflation component. Okay. And so when you're looking at the country in itself, and you've been working in emerging market debt for a long time, and I maybe left that part out in the intro, which I should have covered. <laughs> Seven years at the IMF, yeah. almost 20 years. So you've been yeah. working in this space, financing emerging market countries me, for a long, long, long time. At a high level, you know, obviously you mentioned you're looking at inflation, you're looking at the business cycle, but as a lender or as someone who's studying the uh, financials and, and the capability, of, what, what are some of those key performance indicators that, that are important to you? Well, I mean, you want a sound macroeconomic framework. That, that's what mm-hmm. you're looking for a country to run. And that means that the fiscal deficit is on a sustainable path. Debt is stable or declining. Yeah. And when that's the case, usually the inflation credibility is high. That is, inflation's well anchored. People believe the, the country's inflation target. Okay. That's the ideal. Not that many emerging markets have that, but we right. look for countries that are headed in that direction. Do the developed markets have that? Well, <laughs> that's another debate. I'm sure you've had that debate with Eric many times. But but they have it a lot more. I mean, yeah. one thing coming from emerging markets, you really understand um, a little bit better, I think, what it means to not have a strong inflation anchor. And that mainly comes from not having a good macro framework. And a good macro framework, the centerpiece of that is good fiscal. So. Maybe taking us back to when you started a long time ago, you know, net-net, 
has that framework improved on the margin? If you take the asset class, oh yeah, over. oh yeah, big time. It, it's it, it way back in um, the time of crises when we had several emerging market crises. Late nineties, you mean? Late nineties, okay. early two thousands. Yeah. They had a much different macro framework, and it was based around fixed exchange rates, so pegged exchange rates. Sure, all right. And those were unsustainable, and that's partially why there were these crises. They got rid of the the pegged exchange rates mm -hmm. and introduced inflation targets and became much more credible in their fiscal policies so that the inflation targets also became credible. Yeah. What we saw for the 10 years prior to the pandemic was a steady decline in actual inflation rates in emerging markets, right. which a lot of that is attributed to better and more sound macro frameworks. Which naturally explains why the asset class has done so well mm -hmm. for a long period mm -hmm. of time, right? Mm -hmm. just, so just that overall improvement. So yeah. you've got an improvement in the uh, macro framework, an improvement in the inflation dynamic, and lower risk premium, higher return for right. investors. Right. So maybe fast forward to today and what you and Benoit were hiding in your in your piece is that there's you called it four stages yes. to a cycle maybe yeah. walk us through a, a little bit of that yeah sure so i mean you, you you paint a nice backdrop because what you did was was um, describe the structural trend that's well, going thank on you. that was really good well, look because at that. what yeah. what, <laughs> <laughs> what i what cuz that's a good backdrop for this because on top of that structural trend is the business cycle okay just just like any business cycle, if inflation is too high, the central bank needs to raise interest rates. Yep. If the economy goes into recession, the central bank needs to cut interest rates. Yep. And that's what our paper talks about, the business cycle in uh, emerging markets. It's, it's linked to the U.S. business cycle because when the Fed changes interest rates, that has an impact on emerging markets. You know, right. if, if the Fed raises rates and an emerging market doesn't raise rates, yeah. you know, then the currency's probably gonna depreciate, the currency depreciates, then you can have some problems in the country, sometimes you have inflation go up. Yep. It sort of forces a central bank to hike. So a key part of the business cycle for emerging markets is the US business cycle. And usually the very beginning stage of the US business cycle, we started at this stage in our paper, is when interest rates are low, yep. the economy is recovering in the US, and the Fed begins hiking. That's the beginning. And as the hikes go on, you get into the second stage where, okay, they, they, they started at a level, just think back in, in 2021, right. really accommodative, right? So yeah. the first couple hikes don't, you know, that's okay because they're still accommodative. But once they start hiking further, it starts to be a little more restrictive and the impact starts to be felt on emerging markets. Their currencies depreciate and those central banks then start hiking interest rates yeah. as well. That's stage two. That's stage two, okay. right? So stage one is the Fed starts. Stage yep. two is, is EM central banks start to hike rates. Stage three is when the Fed pauses. And at that stage, you know, you, you go, there are two, two possible outcomes. One is that you have a soft landing where inflation yep. declines, but you don't go into recession. And because inflation declines, then the Fed can start cutting rates. Right. And Fed cutting rates is stage four. And then the... The, the other outcome of stage four is a hard landing. We start to go into recession and the Fed cuts rates more aggressively. Right. In both of those cases, EM central banks will also be able to cut rates. And the period that in these cycles that is most beneficial for local currency debt is once the rates start cutting. That's a really a, a perfect entry point usually. And once the Fed has done enough to stabilize uh, risk appetite, yeah. 
then we start to see the move of, of capital flowing into emerging markets. Right. And you get some dollar weakness, that is emerging market currencies start to appreciate, yep. and that helps support the disinflation, and then central banks there can cut some more, and then growth starts coming and capital starts flowing. So you get a positive feedback, you loop, do. if you yeah. will. And that's the stage, that's the fourth stage. So given you mentioned the Fed and its importance relative to stage three and transitioning into stage four, you know, just in, internally, and you and I have been on the same page, or at least been consistent in our view on this, but, but share with, with the audience, risk assets, high-yield bonds, high-grade bonds, equities, et cetera, are signaling one thing. I would argue it's more complacency on behalf of the risk markets relative to what you're seeing in the real economy, the shape of sovereign bond yield curves. What, what's your view on, I guess, where we are economically, globally, and what that means for the Fed and central banks? Well, I think in terms of the macro, the, the central banks, obviously, their priority is to bring inflation down. Yeah. So if that means that a recession has to happen, they're prepared to, to accept that as long as that guaranteed inflation comes down. I think that's probably a high probability that we have recession because of the communication that they've given us. Mm -hmm. They're looking at very lagging indicators like core inflation yeah. to, to gauge how to adjust policy. Yeah. You know, those, those indicators lag uh, a lot. So that means they're unlikely to cut before um, unemployment starts rising. Right. And once unemployment starts rising, that, that's really the beginning of a recession, and it's hard for that to just rise a little bit. That usually rises yeah. a lot, at least that's a historical experience. So I think the macro setup is got a pretty high probability of recession. Yeah. And the question on the investing side is what assets are compensating you for that risk of recession? Because mm -hmm. we should say you can't roll out a soft landing, and you, you and I know we've debated this a lot with our colleagues. Yeah. How could a soft landing come about? It, it, it's less clear to us that that the stars are that things look good for a soft landing but it could happen yep. and if it were to happen you know risk assets would do quite well i mean it, when i look at emerging market debt it's not pricing in only a part of the asset class is pricing in a hard landing most of the asset class is not pricing that in yeah but it also is not pricing completely a soft landing so there is room for our asset class and i think in others to rally somewhat in a, in a soft landing environment right but they don't compensate for the hard landing. And when we look at it, we think that on balance, um, it pays to be a little cautious in a lot of assets, especially just in risk allocation, because not that many assets compensate for the hard landing probability, which, as I said, I think is yeah. fairly high. It just seems like the investment community today has been programmed or conditioned ever since Alan Greenspan to think that the central banker cares about oh, risk yeah. assets, but it, to yeah. your point, no, it's it's inflation. Yeah, and they've got well, the to Fed. Get, you're talking about the Fed put. Yeah, right. That's that's not there. It's not there. No, it's right? absolutely not there. Or because if it's there, that the delta is point oh 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 something, right? right? right. <laughs> exactly. It's so out of the money. Right. And and it's um, and and that's because they need to bring inflation down, and we haven't been in this situation for like 15, 20 years. Yeah. So that's why the put has always been there and come out pretty quickly. Yeah. Because. Is if inflation is below target, you don't need the economy to go into recession, right? Right. But if inflation is above target, you might need it to happen. Yeah. And that's where we are now, and and so that's why, yeah, the put is probably not is probably not going to be exercised uh, in yeah. this in this cycle. So let's come back to so in between stages three and and four, um, but you've advocated and you advocate this in your piece. Just thinking about emerging market debt, you know, the the opportunity set. Why should investors be thinking about it now? Well, because we've got this. So I gave the standard cycle, mm -hmm. the standard stages. This cycle is a little bit different. 
And one of the big differences, remember, uh, stage one, the Fed hike, stage two is central banks hike, yep. EM central banks hike. Right, right. That got reversed this time. EM central banks got That's out right. way ahead of the Fed. That's interesting. And it's, it's quite remarkable. It, it meant that, you know, usually what we see when the Fed hikes is significant weakness in EM currencies. We didn't really see that last year. Yes, the dollar was very strong last year, but it was strong against the euro and other developed countries. EM hung in with all of those countries. In fact, outperformed the euro last year. Right. So that is because EM central banks got way out ahead and started hiking much before the Fed and the ECB did. That puts them in a much, a much different position. So as I, if we go into this hard landing, First of all, I would say the scope for cuts in EM central bank by EM central banks is really large. Yeah, I mean, in, in Brazil, we're talking about like a thirteen percent policy rate. Inflation's under four percent right yeah, now. Yeah, so they 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 tightened earlier and more. Yes, they tightened earlier and more. That puts a huge cushion in there. Yeah. What I in the in the, the the beginning of the fourth stage, if we go into a hard landing, you have risk aversion, and that typically means people. Mm -hmm. um, want to go back to the dollar. Mm -hmm. And that can be problematic for central banks in, uh, in emerging markets. But because they've hiked so much already, they've built in a big risk cushion for that, for that spike in, in, in risk aversion that can happen if we go into recession. Yeah. That should help stabilize these currencies. Often what will happen is that they're behind the Fed, we have um, a risk-off episode, and they have to hike even more. Right. That's the usual playbook. They, but because they started out before the Fed, that, that playbook is, I don't think, going to work out the same way this time. They've already done those extra hikes. Right, right. So they're in a position that's really strong in terms of the room they have to cut rates. And the, the real green light they'll get is when the Fed pivots to a dovish yeah. uh, stance. And now, it, how early is the Fed going to pivot? Uh, you and I, we, I don't think it's going to be ahead of a recession. That's what they should do if we were right. going to avoid a recession. Right. I doubt it. Yep. But once they start pivoting, um, it's going to really provide a lot of space for EM central banks to cut rates, and it's going to start to usher in some dollar weakness. Yeah. And and that's really when, when returns can be quite strong in EM local yeah. currency. Before I let you go, um, as you were talking through that, and you mentioned Brazil, and we can leave them out, but you, know, you don't have to offer an example, but explain or talk about the importance of fundamental homework security selection within that that framework because obviously we're talking about a big landscape a oh, lot yeah. of countries yeah. different funding needs different revenue sources different business cycles and it's you know of course all tied to the fact like you described but there's so much idiosyncratic risk where I'm there trying is, to try there that. There is, and and we're talking at a general level here, so I'm 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 generalizing. It's, this is what yeah. I've said is not true of every country in EM, right, right. and uh, country selection is key. I mean, it is the key uh, component to successfully investing in emerging market debt. Uh, the, the the most important thing is to be aware of of countries that have fragile sovereign risk profiles. Okay, you you, you could you know those countries could cut rates too. But if they run into uh, a sovereign debt problem, the rate cutting is going to be put on hold and it's going to go the other way. We've seen that many times. Right. So you have to be wary of, of those countries that are vulnerable. Yeah. Uh, and at the same time, you also need to um, you know, use good country selection to find the spots in the uh, asset class that have the most upside. So we're not overweight duration everywhere in the asset class. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, uh, there's, there's spots where there's really, really great opportunities. And we think that's going to dominate the, 
the yeah. index as well, but there's areas like uh, much of Asia where there aren't that many opportunities like I've been describing for rate cutting cycles, yeah. and uh, you know we're very cautious there. That makes sense. Ward, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, well, great, Rob. It's always great to talk to you. Same here. Thank you. We're doing something a little bit different in today's podcast. Rob asked me to do the wrap-up. So today we talked about emerging market debt, and specifically we talked about emerging market local currency debt. The local currency debt goes through typical business cycles. It's gone through four of them over the last 20 years. And right now we're approaching one of the stages of the cycles where returns can be quite favorable in emerging market local currency debt. So we think investors should keep their eyes open for these opportunities. Thank you very much for listening. And for more, please check out the Strategist Corner podcast on MFS.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you.